Hey, welcome to The Breakdown. I am Pastor Nick, and you're probably already thinking, if you're watching or if you are listening, that is not the normal voice that comes in first. Usually it's drunk hitting you with a, well, hey, welcome to the podcast, welcome to The Breakdown. And so we just want to thank you. If you are listening, uh, feel free to share that, give us some feedback, share whatever your favorite podcasting site is. And that's all kind of Jerron stuff. I have no idea. There's Spotify, there's Apple, there's, I don't know what the kids are using nowadays. I'm such a boomer with any of that, but Hey, why, why is it me? What's going on? What's different? And so, uh, it's Facebook official. So I feel like I can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're not going to give away pictures or stats, <laughs> but Jerron now is a daddy another time over. And so, uh, baby is doing healthy, uh, mama is healthy. Everybody's good. Big sister. And so just be praying for them. Uh, cause yeah, they got a new baby. So congrats to them. And so he's on paternity leave. He's, he's focused on his primary ministry of being dad, which is a great transition to talk about our special guest that we have. So if you're watching, you're probably thinking, who is this good looking son of a gun? <laughs> well, hi, my name is Nick. No, it, the guy sitting right here across the table from me, my son, 17 years old, give it up for a Dayton Pierce. Give him a hello. Yeah. Great to be here. There we go. So we were sitting just last night talking through, we got a busy ministry week. Very busy. Yeah. Sean preached Sunday, did a great job in second John, but he's gone. He's taken some youth. They're serving at, at the Hope House at Hope House here in the Lake area. And so he's got students there and then I'm busy for the rest of the afternoon. So we were like, all right, we got to pivot the breakdown. Yeah. And, and the fun thing about being a PK, which we'll talk about later in the, in the conversation here, you get wrangled into stuff and it's really been a lot of fun watching you grow up in, um, just growing up, not in ministry, not because you're a PK, just you're my bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, you're my son and watching you grow up. And, and we usually it's around the kitchen when I'm cooking dinner, right? We, we will have some pretty good conversations about life, ministry, um, and really just you even kind of hearing my heart and why I do certain things that I do. Because you you get a little bit under the hood being, you know, in the home. Uh, but also, I don't come home and like just vent. Unload on everything. Yeah, yeah. Don't unload on anything like that. But you can see when I come home and I'm a little. Uh, it's some been days all, are better. Yeah, some days, you know? yeah. Some days are better. No, some days I'm just beating the snot out of that onion. <laughs> Other days I'm whistling. So whatever. Um, and so we were talking about, hey, what are we gonna do on the podcast? And and I think it was your mom. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Course mom starts it all. Yeah. Right. She's like, you, Dayton, you should do the breakdown with your dad. And you said, absolutely not. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I don't think it was that. That extreme, but not yeah. that extreme, but this isn't yeah, very comfortable for me. <laughs> I'm awkward in situations like these. So we kept telling him like, Hey, we're just going to have a conversation. He's like, yeah, with everybody, listening, <laughs> everybody watching broadcast to the whole world. Yeah. The whole world. And, and honestly, uh, it is, it is kind of awkward at times. I do better with 200 people in front of me than knowing like, Hey, there's a camera here. Hey, this is being recorded right. and sent out. Like I feed off of interaction. And so even having Jerron as a part of the, of the breakdown, doing that together, like I didn't want to roll solo. So this is, you're helping me, buddy, right? This is coming alongside, helping the old, bring your kid to work day right here <laughs> at Calvary Lake, Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks. Here we go. 
And so we were thinking through like, all right, so Sean preached, if you missed it, definitely go back. What a great sermon, just reiterating the idea of truth and love, and you can't separate them. You, we, in our faith in Jesus, we need to be a fire and a fire gives light. So we have to bring truth into people's lives and a fire brings warmth and that's the love. And we, and you can't separate that. So you can't have a fire that doesn't have light and you can't have a fire that doesn't have a warmth. Right. We need both. So definitely go back and watch that. Um, but for the breakdown, we're actually going to break down a little bit more of just us. Yeah, not so much the sermon because Sean's not here. Sean's not here. He's serving, be in the hands and the feet of Jesus. Right. Amen. Um, so we're just going to kind of break down us, and we we have a few little things that we've worked up. And so just talking about uh, ministry that we've done together, what is it like growing up PK? Uh, and then you were asking me a question that we'll get to kind of the third part of this. You know, what? what ministry gives you life the most and the opposite of that, like a burnout and pastoral ministry is a real thing. Um, and what I just want to say, just like the maturity that I see in you is that you see that. And I think, um, mom definitely, but you as well, uh, want to be on guard for that. Like yeah. you don't want dad to burn out in ministry at all. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure that was good. <laughs> So if you're wondering, like, hey, how did we get into ministry? Uh, so we're, uh, I don't know, late bloomers would be the story. But it wasn't like I found Jesus at five years old, started preaching in youth groups as a teenager, and then here we are. Like, we kind of have a little bit of a different story. And so we, I was a pediatric nurse for seven, eight years. Um, and it would be fun to see what you, I think you kind of remember Oh yeah. All the transition. Yeah. So we, we worked at a pediatric office with a doctor that we were close with. Uh, you called him Papa Bob, Papa, Papa Bob. Bob. Yeah. His name was Robert. <laughs> he hated people calling him Bob, but Dayton and Kaylin, cause those are our only kids at the time. Right. They were allowed. You were the only ones allowed to call Robert Bob. Mima Stacy. And Mima Stacy. <laughs> there it is. So, Hey, shout out to Papa Bob and Mima Stacy out there. And so, but we transitioned from, um, mom has always been a stay at home mom homeschooling you guys. And then I was in the pediatric clinic. And then at some point we transitioned, I go to Bible college full-time. Mm-hmm. I start working in a nursing home full-time. Yeah. And, and then for some reason we thought, Hey, we should have another kid. Why we do all this craziness. So do you remember Bible college? Do you oh, remember? Yeah. I remember. Transition? Yeah. I remember even when you weren't in Bible college, when you were still working at the, the office, I remember going in and of course, he would stab me because that was the only reason you were there, just to stab me. Hey, Amen. Right? Like, how many parents get to stab their kids? The ultimate a, punishment. And it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it is different. Like, people would be like, well, who gives your kids shots? Why well, is the only nurse at the clinic? I was like, me. Sure. What are you talking about? Sure, that was the reason. Yeah, that was, that was the only reason. But, I mean, it was either me, the front office lady, or Papa Bob. And I think the last shot Papa Bob ever gave was like, medical school in 1934 he would tell people like we used to have parents would be like i want the doctor to give the shots he'd get so mad at that he'd come in and be like i haven't given a shot since med school 30 years ago he goes i have no idea what i'm doing i will hurt your kid (laughs) like my nurse has done this 55 times just today like you want him to do it i mean that's what you want to hear from your doctor right yeah i'll hurt your kid i will hurt your kid yeah you can quote him on that but yeah, I remember I remember that transition. I remember it being uh, super busy as you would have oh. to work as well as go to school, then come home, sleep when you could, hang out with us when you could, but it was a very busy time, yeah. especially with 
a newborn at home and everything like oh yeah that was chaotic it was kind of funny there was one day the one of my professors would always take prayer requests before the class started yeah and like they made you shave so i didn't have facial hair um i was a little bit younger a little thinner right, right? i probably looked like more like you <laughs> honestly let's be real and so he's like any prayer request and we were we were expecting with ryan yeah you know our now 11 year old and is that right 11 years old good night 11. And so he said, any prayer requests? And I said, yeah, my wife's actually expecting, um, and we, we have a doctor's appointment. Can we pray for that? And the, and the professor goes, oh, is this your first? And I said, no, it's our third. And he was like, oh, okay. Because you were in a class with a bunch of other college-age people, weren't Yeah, you? they were like 17, 18 yeah. years old. Some of them were still in high school doing dual credit wow. stuff. Yeah. And here I'm rolling in 26, with 27 with three kids. Yeah, and, but I didn't look it as much. I right, had blended right. a little bit more. And so, yeah, it was, so working full time, like I was taking not just like 12 credit hours, I was taking like 15 to 18 yeah. credit hours a semester, like heavy load of school. On top work. of work, on, on top, top of, work. of a family. Yep. And on top of, we were serving volunteer wise at oh, Cornerstone. At the youth ministry there. At the youth ministry. That's right. There. Yeah. So we were leading the youth group on a volunteer basis. I was on the worship team. Mom taught Sunday school. Like we were heavily invested. And there were times where like, I think the record, uh, and not that like, Hey, I know other people have it worse. Like this is oh, just yeah. is what it is. But there was one day, like I would work nights, get off work at like six, seven in the morning, come home, get ready. Then I'd go to school. Then I would come home and sleep. Right. So I'd get home from class like two, two thirty. Yeah. When I've already been up all night. So I'd sleep from, you know, whenever I got home, try to eat something and then sleep a little bit and go back to work at 10. And there was a few days I had to do that back to back. Well, one of them, so I work all night. So I'm at least up by nine, 10 o'clock at night. Cause I had to go to work. So I worked all night, went to class. Something came up. I don't know if it was like a birthday day or a family mm -hmm. day, but I stayed up, went back to work. Wow. Went back to class for, cause I had a couple classes in the morning. Then I had a study break and then I had like an afternoon class and then I could come home. Yeah. And so that afternoon class, I walked up to the professor and I said, Hey, I haven't been to bed since class yesterday. Like he knew my schedule. He knew I was yeah. working nights and stuff like that. So I just stood on the side of the room <laughs> because I was like, if I sit, I will pass out. Like I was so tired. I and mean, after 40 hours of just like staying awake. Yeah. Oh, it was intense. And I so mean, by the time I got back from class, like I was gone. And so mom really did pick up a lot of like, like there was a burden upon her to just carry the family. Yeah. And she had a good group of, uh, what did we call them? Mom's group. Yeah. The, the Casey mommies. Casey. Yeah. But what did they call them though? Playdate girls. Playdate girls. Yeah. Playdate girls. So, you know, bunch of moms staying home with little kids. Like you feel like I just want to talk to an adult. So they would get together, go to the parks, they'd go to the zoo and we were close to Kansas city. So yeah. she really did a great job of keeping you guys busy and, and active. very much so but that was like that was the first year of bible that was a year of bible college like that was life right there and trying to study mm. and and far more to honor mom than it was to like oh i want good grades like i i i brought in a 4.0 gpa because of so much weight that was on mom doing so much as like you know, if mom's going to do all that and i bring home a two two 2.7 <laughs> Like she would have beat the snot out of me. Like, really? I'm doing all this and you're bringing it C minus average or whatever a 2.7 <laughs> is. And not that a 2.7 is bad if you have that. Hey, just keep studying. But 
just knowing how much she sacrificed it's like and even for you guys like i us going into ministry have put it really has put a lot of burden on our family yeah and and so it's not just the support of mom but the support of you and kaylin and ryan and emmy you know like i remember even ryan was saying when i started my doctorate yeah she was like so when are you when are you finally going to be done i said when you turn 10 i'll be done with my doctorate but since we moved and i took over a church i put that on hold where right he said like a couple of weeks ago she was like if you would have stayed in school you would have been done by now isn't that great to hear from oh, your 11 year old <laughs> so great i was like well i you know i wasn't you know my calling is not to go to bible right, for the rest right. of my life like i think i need to be a pastor for a while but which is another thing is that wasn't just the first year of bible college you had that and then working nights and then family but even after that i mean you stayed in school with a full-time job until a few years ago yeah so that's crazy to think about 10 years 10 years craziness. yeah it was i think when i first came here to calvary i gave my testimony i talked about going to bible college and so somebody afterwards they pulled me aside and they're like, well, you know, just curious, what degrees do you have? And I was like, well, I have an associates in youth ministry. I have a bachelor's in advanced biblical studies, a master's in theology and a master's in Christian apologetics. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't expect. Yeah. 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 And then the funny part here's uh, with us, if I would have stayed in nursing, <laughs> this is of course you can bring it up. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up. But if I would have stayed in nursing and and got the same level of education, it was a sad day in your life when you figured out just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> like I would have been beyond a nurse practitioner, pretty much like a doctorate of nursing. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And, and the sad day when you figured out like what the pay scale of that <laughs> would be compared to pastoral ministry. Compared yeah. to pastoral ministry, right? But hey, eternal rewards. We are right, storing right. up treasures in heaven. But you know what? Like it's a, that's a real sacrifice. So not just the sacrifice upon the family of my time away, making that decision, like me and mom kind of looked at each other and just kind of knew, Hey, in ministry, we know economically like where we're going to be. And it's just going to be opportunities to trust the Lord and see him provide for us. And, and that really is a cool part of our testimony is the more and more we gave to the Lord and just our time, our talent, our calling, saying, all right, this is what you have for us, Lord. This is what we're going to do. He kind of just took care of the rest. And, we're, and we were shocked by that. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's always been there in the word. Like, he knows what we need. Right. Like, why did we ever doubt? But it, it that was a part of, you know, what we were thinking. All right, are we willing to sacrifice this unto the Lord? And the Lord's like, I got you. I've always had you. Which is really cool because it's one thing to just read it in the Bible, but to experience it firsthand is completely different. You can really see the, you know, have greater appreciation for it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And so, and so the other part of ministry, so we did one year of Bible college and then we moved to Wisconsin. Yep. And that was f the first time in full time ministry. Right. Right. What was that like? I mean, I'm trying to think what grade you were in. I would have been in first at the time and first the second grade. Wisconsin. Okay. Second was in Wisconsin. And remembering that move, we pulled you away from grandparents. Right. They all hated me for it. <laughs> they were like, why Wisconsin? I was like, there is Africa. They were like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll settle with Wisconsin. Right. Don't, don't go overseas yet. But so what was that move like for you just moving? Cause we were like eight hours away from family and friends and just kind of the normal community that we had. Yeah. Do you remember anything? Like oh yeah. I remember that. Um, I think the worst part grandparents still came and visited true um for the most part but the playdate the playdate group yeah you know i remember that last playdate that we had i was like 
eight, maybe mm-hmm. seven or eight. And it was really sad having to say bye to, you know, this whole group of friends that I had grown up with. Yeah. Cause you, you know, was I, like you, you were for a few years. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. I think and two, two and a half years meeting weekly, twice a week. Oh, like, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were always going to the zoo together doing some big things. And so, yeah. So we moved to Wisconsin that first year they said, uh, and it snowed a ton cause it's Wisconsin. Right. And then the locals are like, yeah, this is a little bit more average snow than normal. <laughs> like, oh, praise the Lord. So thankful for that. Like, I hate cold weather. Like, I wanted to go to Florida, and your mom said no. So we went to Wisconsin. But and so we did youth ministry there for a year. And so for, and so we did ministry there. Then we moved to Kansas, did a year of ministry. Then we go to Grace. Yeah. And for all of that, you were you were just the pastor's kid. Right. You, it wasn't until grace, it was like, oh, now I can be in the youth ministry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think every kid in that fifth, sixth grade age was like, oh, I can't wait till I can be in the youth group. But that's a little bit different for you because I had already been a part of that group. Yeah. Uh, you already been a part yeah. of that. And my dad's my youth pastor. Right. <laughs> you know, so you hear the movies and the stories about like, oh, my youth pastor I was so close with. And it's like, yeah, mine was my dad. Like, what was that like? Like, dad happened to be youth pastor or being in my youth ministry? Yeah. So I think the main thing that I didn't like about it was all the embarrassing stories, which I still get now when have, you're lead pastor. I have no idea what you're talking about, embarrassing stories. <laughs> Look at him smiling. Sure, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Okay. And so using, I think somebody told me here, they're like, uh, it was somebody that used to be a pastor. And they said, every time I used my kids in a sermon illustration, I gave them five bucks. Yeah. I said, I'd be I've broke. never gotten any $5 bill. Exactly. The government keeps that money. Movie quote? Forrest Gump. Remember when he gets Oh, gone? yeah. Yep. That's, that's one thing me and Dad <laughs> like to do is quote movies, movies quote yep. to each other. We're like, what's that from? I don't know. And then, or we know, and that's fun. So we, so then at Grace, um, it was, it's Grace Calvary Chapel now. I was a youth pastor there six, seven years, and we did a lot of ministry together. And yes. And, did you feel like, and, and seriously, be honest, like, did you feel like you had to do those things because you were my kid or was it like, no, I wanted to do those things or is it a mix of both? I think it'd be both. At first it was definitely, um, I feel like I have to, um, because you were already there. Um, yeah. the rest of the sisters were there obviously because I mean, they went everywhere with us. Yeah. Um, but I think when I started serving outside of just, um, the youth ministry started helping with the tech team and worship team was really when I. Um, kind of took that upon myself to want to serve. Yeah. And so then going back to youth ministry and the different service projects going to Honduras, um, I think that's when it really switched to, no, 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 I, w- I want to do this. This you is know, what I want. This, this wasn't an expectation put on, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, because we always had really good, like, if it let it be Wisconsin or wherever we were at, we always had really good relationships with students in the sense of we always did family ministry. Right. And so... Ashley, like when we went to Grace, Ashley was pregnant with our fourth, with Emmy. And like our first retreat, the first big event that we did with Grace was... Um, winter retreat? No, not Isn't winter it? retreat. It was D-Now. Oh, yes. When, when she we, was, a, yeah, she was like 38 weeks oh, or something like that. Yeah, because it was in the beginning of March. And then and Amy she was born. middle, yeah. Yeah, and so Ashley's like big pregnant. We have all the kids with us. And so we always did family ministry. And in that... Um, we saw unique ways that students would connect with you guys as kids, not that we used you, but it, <laughs> it provided a uniqueness that maybe we didn't have. So like the Barnett boys, 
Right. So these were a couple brothers when we lived, uh, and this was just a volunteer basis. We weren't full time back in Harrisonville. Back yeah, in yeah. Harrisonville before Bible college. Like our first big connection with them came from. Do you remember? Mm-mm. They wanted to come over and play Nerf guns with you. Okay, I do remember that because <laughs> I think one of them shot your tooth out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, and they came over to just to play Nerf guns, but then it provided opportunity for us to get them to know them more. Yeah. And like always, the girls of youth ministry always loved oh little baby Dayton and Kaylin. Like you know, they always loved the little kids, and they always really were great because some of these kids don't come from a great family. And so seeing us, like when we were at youth events or trips or something like that, it's like, we're just one big family. Like yeah. there's dad, and mom fighting in the back. I'm ready to pull the van over, spank you all. No. So, and so growing up in that, and then now it was a, it was a little bit transition for me to be like, I, at a youth trip, I can't parent Dayton. Any differently I, than you would anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so like we're me, like little funny ways that me and mom were like, all right, if it's a youth trip, like kids are allowed to have soda pop anytime they right. Like, and we were really strict with it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were fairly strict with it. And so we'd get to a youth trip and it was like, we'd go out to eat and Dayton's like, Dr. Pepper. And we were like, what? Uh, okay, we let every other kid <laughs> have it. And so, yeah, so I think you kind of appreciated that a little bit, trying to normalize. Um, and you didn't really know a whole lot, like, oh, I know what dad's going to do for camp, or we tried to hold that back from you the best we could. Yeah, even when I would ask over and over again, Oh, oh yeah. what are we doing? So what are we, we doing? doing? You can tell me. Tell me now. I, I don't want to wait until I have to find out with all the other normal students. And I think we always had to tell you, like, well, do you want to be a normal student or do you what want you special be, yeah. privileges? And you didn't want special privileges, but you definitely wanted to know ahead of time. <laughs> um, so, like, we did a lot of serving. Now, as a student, they was mainly at Grace. Uh, yeah. in the youth ministry where what were some of the big opportunities that really like i really will remember that appreciate that yeah i think the biggest one would be honduras yeah um obviously because that was my first like actual mission trip yep. obviously overseas um just brought a different light to the rest of the world um so i think that was probably the biggest appreciation um serving wise yeah um yeah, I think the missions dinner that we would do yearly yeah. was really cool. Um, being able to serve those who normally serve others, you know. Good, good concept to think of it that yeah. way. I never, yeah, I don't know if I ever saw it that way. I just wanted to cook really good for right. you. <laughs> serve others who serve others. That's really good. Yeah. So, and I think Honduras was good. Like, so when we went, I'd already went once. And so when my second trip was your first trip. Correct. Then I think it was pretty good because, like, I was more like you on the first, on the first trip. trip. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was a lot for me to process and understand what was going on. And so when we went a second time, uh, a little bit of the shock and wow factor is a little bit removed. Yeah. Cause you know what you're walking into instead of like, I have no, no context for this, but in the same breath, you see some things that maybe you didn't the first time because it was such a shock Yeah, and it provided me to be able to be there so that. Uh, it was a fairly emotional very much so and i was only 12 at the time too so yeah. i mean it was a lot to take in i'd never seen anything remotely close to that before yeah. like the level of poverty like yeah, it, it i crazy. think it was the thought of like you see that on those commercials where you're supposed to support a kid for like 50 cents a day or right whatever. but when you're standing in the city dump of tegucigapa and we're handing out water and tortilla sandwiches and these people are in the dump working I mean, some of them had limbs cut off from the MS-13 yeah. gang. 
like they, they've lost kids and, and their school is providing a glimmer of hope to get their kids out of the dump. Like no commercial can make that emotional response. Yeah, absolutely. And you're there like, like the sounds, the smells of the smells. Dump, yes. I was know? not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. You walk out of the bus and it was like, you know, in our American, you know, mindset, we want to be like, Ew, this smells so bad, but it's like, this is, this is people's homes. You know, we home. can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went and I think the hardest thing for us, to be honest. So we get home. Mom was really worried about you. Like, how, how's he going to take? Cause just the emotional, like that was a lot. It was. And so we get home from Honduras. We were there a good week served and it was great. And, and, and before I get to the big impactful part, let's talk about something fun. So in Honduras, I'll just say it like we took high school boys. I took athletic high school boys like that are varsity lettermen, yeah. sports guys, like athletic in any sport. Like if we, they're good, right? Right. We go down there. They're like upper elementary, middle school boys and girls could play soccer, like circles around us. Yep. Right. Yeah. It was, it was insane. Like we would have to play like the middle school boys for an equal, <laughs> just because their talent level. Like any of those kids could walk into America and the United States and walk onto like almost any high school collegiate team. They were yeah. And then there was two brothers. Um, oh, I'm gonna Boston and Will. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That we went, took with them. That played soccer. Yeah. And then do you remember the two brothers, the Hondurans, Jimmy and? his brother remember jimmy and his little brother but they would whistle at each other and they had different (laughs) whistles right to coach each other of like hey go to the whatever corner and i'll like they would just it was insane and some of the stuff that they were doing with these like flying back kicks and head like they were phenomenal but the crazy cool thing was is you were you were playing soccer at the time was back in the states um on nice grass and we're playing down in honduras on this like gravel almost <laughs> kitty litter style rock right. field. like you would try to stop and you would slide five more feet and it was just it was a mess and they were used to that we weren't they had home field advantage for sure but there's something in in the united states we call it a nutmeg yeah and it's where you kick the ball between the legs of your opponent and like blow past them or something yeah. like that in honduras they call it a cocinar which is a the spanish word for i think kitchen Yes, that's what they call that. And so you did that to a Honduran and you scored. They were more upset that you did the nutmeg than you (laughs) scored on them. And I was like, and I come running up because I was watching or I was, I think I might have even been playing. It happens. All the Honduran kids go nuts that you nutmegged it. Right, right. And it wasn't like another little middle school. I think it was like a high school and an adult or something like that. They all go nuts. And I come running from the back. And I was screaming, me, hijo, which is Spanish for my son, my son. And I still use that title with him when I see him. So that was, that was a highlight. Dayton scoring on the Honduran Olympic team. No, not Olympic team, but it felt like it. But we get back from Honduras. Um, and, and I think we got a really good spectrum going from the dump to even like some people lived fairly well off. Like they had a nice mall. We went to a couple of vacation-y touristy spots. But we get home and, and Dayton literally walks in. He, you drop your bags and you just walk to the house. You just kept like, you, you just kept pacing through the house crying. And I went outside right after cause I couldn't, yeah. couldn't take it anymore. Cause the house, like, like our living room 
was bigger, nicer, everything than some of their whole houses right. that they lived in. Yeah. Like some of these people were just taking plastic over lean tos with some blankets. And that's, that was their house. Like no thought of electricity, running water and other mission trips that we took there, like the college ministry, they built a house, but it really was like concrete floor, wood walls, maybe two rooms in there. And that yeah. was with a roof, but still no running water, no electricity, nothing like that. And, and I remember you looked at mom and we're like, I got you, you got me for five years and then I'm going like, it was almost like in your heart right then. It was like, I'm graduating. I'm going back to Honduras. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be with my people, you know? And that was a normal response of every kid that came back. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's good to see that. It's good to see how really most of the world actually lives. Yeah. We, we live in the very top two percent, yep. you know, uh, financially in the world, but to see how others live, um, even though that, Hey, I'm going to Honduras once I graduate, I think that's faded a little bit. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you. So glad you know, <laughs> unless the Lord calls you, then you go buddy. But, but having that experience, um, I don't think has ever escaped you and it has definitely framed your mind and your heart in your relationship with the Lord and okay, what's this look like around, you know, that was a very, uh, core memory, you know, yeah. not to quote that, uh, uh, Disney movie with the core memory. inside out inside out. Yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely a core memory that, you know, has been implanted in there, but I think it was good. And that's one of the reasons we've always wanted anyone, not just students, but kids, adults get on the mission field, like go out there, you know, and we, we arrogantly think, oh, we're going to go to Honduras and we're going to help these people and we're Americans and here we go. And it's like, shut up. We, we don't even know what we're talking about. Like we were the ones that were more greatly influenced yeah. oh. and impacted than what we were going to make there. Just to see their joy through all of it. Just if Very. they lived that rough and had that much joy, like how can we not be yeah. that joyful with yeah. everything God has blessed us? Yeah. I think that was a big question students came back with. Like, how can they have so much joy and have so little? And it's like, why do you think joy and material and economic status are so connected? You know, where in America, the United States, um, we, we have a lot of stuff and we also have high levels of anxiety and depression and yeah. medications for mental health issues. And not that those aren't there in Honduras or any other country like that, but you almost kind of wonder, is there kind of a connection with that together? Yeah. So, um, so being that kind of PK, like what kind of pros and cons, you know, like you don't have to have like a David Letterman top 10 list right, type of right. thing, but like, what did, you know? If I would have stayed in nursing, you never would have had this that has been really good in your life, but also where has it brought some difficulty for you? Not to put you on the spot, but yeah. just curious. Which one do you want me to start with? Pros or cons? Pros or cons, baby. Whatever you want. I'll start with pros. All right, pros. Um, I think the biggest thing that I enjoy about it is, and just being involved in the church, um, because I am your kid, everybody in the community has loved on me because I'm always in the church. and. And most people do see um, some of the burdens that we have to go through yeah. um, leading a ministry. Um, so I think just having that community of everybody reaching out and um, loving on us has been the biggest pro because you wouldn't find that if you were working anybody, anywhere else. You yeah, know, that's true. That's true. And then what has been some of the difficulties? What's a con that you would say? Yeah. So I think the same thing with other people would be the expectations, um, oh, yeah. sometimes not even intentional. Um, but other people's expectations on me just because of your title, yeah. you know, if you, if you went into 
um, continued on with med school and became a doctor, you wouldn't look at me and say, oh, well, he knows how to do surgery as well, you know? Great analogy. Right. Yeah, why would, oh, okay, you're going to get me fired up. So, yeah, <laughs> like that's a great way to put it. I've never thought of it that way. Like you would never look at a doctor's kid and be like, why can't you do surgery? Yeah. Just because your dad's a surgeon doesn't mean you're a surgeon. And just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean you're supposed to be a pastor or, and we've like, obviously we, we lead, we disciple you as parents, but I don't, I don't, there's not like a, a special anointing on yeah. you to be what I am. And that's a really, I've never, honestly, I've never heard it put that way. Like, yeah. hey, you're a doctor. Why why aren't you a surgeon like your dad? Like, you wouldn't expect that. But you feel sometimes there is that expectation. Yeah. And and sometimes it's not even intentional. Like, yeah. it's just people, that's what they think. Um, and I think it's hard, too, because at the end of the day, like right now, I'm still a teenager. Yeah. Are there not teenagers that, like, make mistakes and everything? Like, yeah. just because I am your kid does not mean I... I don't have any imperfections and that I don't mess up or struggle with a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think too, um, the other thing within the church is I'm also expected to be involved in the church. Ooh, so yeah. anytime I do volunteer for stuff or I do help out with stuff, um, I feel like it's just expected because, Oh, of course you're going to be here anyway. Might as well be serving. You know, it's not as appreciated as much as like other kids. Yeah. Um, so they think, almost might, like see like, oh yeah, Nick's going to be here. So yeah, this yeah. Son, or something like that, where if another teenager was like, oh, hey, I'm giving up my afternoon to come and serve. Right. They might see that as like, oh, wow. That's really cool. What, Let's see that. Yeah. You know, Jim did or Bob did, but it's yeah. like, but I did the same thing. Oh, but you're the pastor's kid. Yeah. You were, it's, you were here anyway. Oh, that's good. And also yeah. not just, um, some of the adults, but even the kids my age, even, um, look at me differently. Um, because I am pastor's kid yeah. and almost like treated as a snitch, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, Dayton's coming this way. Hey, shut up about that. Yeah. You know, cause he's going to tell me, gonna and I'm going to come down and bring the hammer. Right. Right. So and it's hard to like, not even here. Other ministries I've had to like, Oh, did your son tell you that? Or did your daughter tell you that? <laughs> right, right. No, they didn't. Like, I can tell that you're just a butt face of a kid. <laughs> no. Like, did the pastor just say butt face? Yes. You know? And so we, we've had to hurdle that. Like I've had to get on to students and like, how'd you know this? Did your kid tell you? And it's like, yeah. no, I other, your friends actually rolled over on you. Right. I want to tell them. And usually I just tell them, no, the Lord told me because he's omniscient buddy. But <laughs> now that's really good because, and, and I think you hit uh, a key point, the unintentional. And not just like how we can do that to each other being in ministry, but even all of us in any context, you know, we can unintentionally hurt people by things that we say and do, or we put unrealistic expectations, you know? So like when we got hired, not even here, but even at Grace before, um, what I loved about Grace is there was no expectations on our wives or our kids, you know? And so... Uh, mom could serve as much and as little as she wanted where the church as a whole in the States have there. I think that we're getting out of it, but before it was like, Oh, it's a two for one special. We'll hire the pastor and pay him, but the wife will lead music. She'll lead kids ministry, she'll yeah. lead women's yeah. ministry. And, and so we really appreciated grace saying no expectations and mom served heavily and very involved but without that expectation. And if you put an expectation on her, she's kind of like you, nope, right. I'm out. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rebel against that because, and so even here, we, we've tried to continue that, that healthy stance, not just to our pastors and their wives, um, 
but also their kids, you know, and obviously all the other pastoral staff kids are very, very young. So <laughs> yeah. I can't look at little sweet Oakley and be like, why are you not serving? Come right. on, girl, get it together. And her dad's standing here in the room as well. But, um, but once they get older, like, oh, why, why isn't Pastor Andy's kids going to youth? Well, the whole high school's full of students that don't go to youth. Like, yeah. I can't put an expectation on them. And, and I think that's a, I think God has used you, Kaylin, and now Ryan and Emmy to help pave a healthy environment for other pastoral ministry kids. They're like, dude, we're just, like, I try to live and preach even that an authentic, real, like, I, I struggle in my faith. I struggle with sin. Like, we're yeah. just going to be real here. And if, if, if I'm going to have that, like, why would you expect my kids to be perfect? Like, I've said publicly time and time again, I'm not perfect. Why are we going to hold that? And so I think, I think we're trying to do a good job to really yeah. counteract that whole pastor's wife has to be perfect. I have to be perfect. The kids have to be perfect. It's like, nope, not at all. Like we're, it, it, we're going to be real. We're right. not going to be perfect. We're going to be real. And, and really you just kind of have to look at people and say, if you don't want a real pastor and a real family, you know, we might not be the church for you and, and that's okay, but we can only be who we are called to be. Yeah. And I think it gives hope, you know, even though they don't know it yet, but hopefully the, the pastoral uh, families and kids that come behind you will be like, Hey, really appreciated that you fought and leaned into that. So, um, really, uh, we went way past the time that we were thinking. We were like, "There's no way we'll get past 30 right. minutes. This will never happen." <laughs> and but that's how the breakdown is. It it's a great just conversation that we're endless having. spiral. There we go. So hey, just want to say thank you. Yeah. Uh, not your favorite thing to do. Not at all. Uh, Dayton is far more gifted and talented behind a drum kit. That's your kind of form of ministry and worship and serving. Yeah. Very confident behind some tom-toms and some cymbals. But to be out here with a mic in your face. Um, but I really do appreciate the, the willingness to do that and, and the courage that it took to do it. So thank you for that. Hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, thanks for joining us here on The Breakdown. Again, find us on any podcasting site, share it, and we will see you guys again next week. Thank you.